It's called it's what? Called it's called, called what? what? Regretfully, one of the hosts on this podcast had a hangover, which may or may not have affected his performance. We apologize for any inconvenience. Viewer discretion is advised. What's a good Halloween sound like? Ooh, boo, ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, boo. It depends. Are we talking about like ooh, Halloween in the jungle? Oh, that I, yeah, I got it now. Ooh, ooh. Classic ghost. That's a ghost, everyone. Welcome to the Halloween episode of The Cow Goes Moo. Brian, you there? Yes, ma'am. I'm here. How are you? Welcome back. I hear you're in your laboratory right now, cooking up some spooky concoctions. I am. I'm in the basement of my haunted house. Oh, yeah, because you live in a legitimate haunted house. I do. Yeah, I'm down here just investigating the deaths of animals and see if we can bring back some of these stories of how they've died, you know, get some of this information on who they were before they were murdered or killed or whatever. Who was murdering these animals? Back in the day, there was the war. 18, about 1870? Yeah, the war okay. of 1870. No man, woman, or animal was left unharmed during that war. Okay, we have a special guest on today whose expertise is in costumes. His name is Gabe, but he goes by the moniker online of eBag. That's short for electronic bag. Bag of information, everyone. So without further ado, here's Gabe. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, I guess I'd like to say my expertise is not like that of professional. I don't do these for a living, but I like to think I put together a very slick Halloween costume. Is it more like a side job kind of thing? You just No, it's not even a job. It's just like a deep passion. You're saying you get paid under the table. No, no, no. No taxes. That's good. Yeah, well, no taxes are paid because I'm not getting paid. I like to make that very clear. Filing W-9s and 4s and all those forms is not fun. Yeah, I think it's like actually an I-1099 or something. That would be like contract work. Plus, then you got to remember your social security number. Yeah, I have that memorized. Wow, digits. Well, I have my DCI number memorized, I have my social security number memorized, and I have my most frequently used credit card memorized. Let's just say you're a few steps ahead of me. So Gabe, walk us through the costume timeline of your life. Always been deeply involved with costumes. Never ever have done a store-bought costume. Even as a child, my mother used to make them for me. So she'd go to Joanne Fabrics, Joanne Fabrics or Michaels and buy the pattern and then build it. One of my very first costumes, she made me and Oscar the Grouch. And I was just two years old. So I was still in sling in front of her. So she made the trash can out of fabric. So the baby head neck could support it still because babies have horrible necks. My mother, very crafty with the sewing machine. And my, my father, he had kind of the more off the wall ideas, but he was always into doing his own costumes as well. Started very young. Had to piece a family together. tradition almost. Yeah, I would say so. It sounds like a business, quite the business. You know, your dad is the idea guy, your mom's kind of production. She's managing <laughs> the work floor. She's like, sure. we need more costumes for Gabe. And I think where my expertise has come in, I mean, we don't do them together anymore, but if we were, say, doing a uh, production as a business, my expertise would be in the key prop that pulls it all together. Oh, nice. Like the keystone. Yeah, something like that. For a couple of my costumes here most recently, I made a fake axe head to put on an actual axe handle. Sounds kind of like ironic. 
ironic. You're allowed to carry around an axe handle. No one's going to question that. But let's say you put a real axe head on it, they're going to stop you from entering bars. That's true. <laughs> so it really was like, am I allowed to carry this around with me? Or a couple of years prior, I made a shield out of a sled. So did you guys eventually hire a legal team because you got so big with this costume making business? Well, no. No legal team was ever required. <laughs> it was always in-house production for in-house people. It was kind of a who you knew, who you rubbed elbows with. You couldn't tell anybody about it because they might turn you in to the government. Well, right. no, I think they just have gotten jealous, really, mostly just jealous, and they would have won their own fabulous costume. Yeah, it's kind of like Parsons family, that kind of chemistry, family coming together. More this, like Jetsons. Well, it's the greater purpose, you know, you come together, each one Sprockets. is its... What? Sprockets are the greater purpose in the Jetson family. Yeah, they like well, to float and they like to go on treadmills. Succinctly summed up. All right, next costume game. Favorite costume you worked oh, on? Oh, there's a tie. My most recent costume I did, which I did the axe for, was Slutty Lumberjack. I really liked that one just because I thought it was kind of turning expectations on their head. I wasn't a female slutty lumberjack. I was a male slutty lumberjack. Like Same. a bouncy man? Yeah, yeah. But I still made myself some cut-off jean shorts. I still took the kind of the plaid top and then made it a crop top and tied it off. It was still doing all the, like, stereotypical sexy lumberjack stuff, but I was not trying to cross-dress. I was not saying it was a female thing. It was, nope, I'm a man. I can dress slutty, too. Well, you got to show off your body. Yeah, like, I developed a bit of a gut by then, so I wanted to make sure everyone knew the new member of the family. Males can get pregnant, too. Okay. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's a true story. That's one of those, like, Hallmark movies. Danny DeVito gets pregnant in that movie? One of them does. I do not remember this movie, then. Yeah, it's like the first time a male gets pregnant on the big screen. It was historic. Very controversial. I can imagine. Right. Yeah, it certainly placed us farther on the... Seahorse scale? On the progressive, yeah, seahorse progressive scale. Also, Brian, I, you said it's the bounty man? I think it's the brawny man. Is it? I, oh, yep, yep, brawny is the guy with the lumberjack, because he yeah. himself is a brawny right. individual. Bounty is just the target with different color centers. It's the quicker picker-upper. Yeah, it's the quicker picker-upper. It's like an archery target with that yellow, green, blue, black, and then it has a splat hitting the target. That's the bounty yeah. logo. Yeah. It'd be brownie, or we could go kind of to a Paul Bunyan mythological status. Well, brawny, when it came out, was even a little controversial because people were saying that it was pornography. People just wouldn't leave their house. They'd want to open up the thing of paper towels, take them out, start cleaning, and then they just wouldn't stop. Their wife or husband comes home, finds them just on the floor, cleaning up a spill, and it was tearing families apart. Yeah, with a bunch of crumpled up white pieces of paper. It sounds like pornography to me. Yep. So Gabe, what's your um, other favorite costume? My other favorite costume, I think is the one I put the most time and effort in, was my Riddler costume early in college. Now, it had a lot of pitfalls, but I didn't think that mattered because in the end, I think it came together. And that one just had a lot of individual touches. I bought a generic costume mask. I cut it out to be the Riddler mask that got painted. Generic in a costume. Yeah, it's all about adapting. I think costume building should be about getting those key details in, but you don't have to go overly detailed or spend too much money. Because keep in mind, sometimes you're doing Halloween outside. you got to be warm first. That's very true. Or you're going to be wearing it for 12 hours. You don't want to have a bunch of stuff glued onto you that's just going to break off with time. I'm all about the get the point across. Don't kill it. I'm not ever trying to go to win a costume competition. I want to make sure everyone knows immediately who I am, and it's a costume I can wear all day. So you want to look good and be comfortable. Yes, of course. I mean, I'm not going to enjoy my costume if I have like a wedgie all day from it, or it's really itchy wool, or I'm cold because I live in Wisconsin, you know? I think the coldness is just a Halloween thing. It's always cold, and it always rains. Oh, uh, no. 
not true. Sometimes it snows. You go to Florida, though, they're warm weather over there for Halloween. Yeah, but you got to watch out Just for the a, Crocs, then. Yes, but weather is dependent on location. Very true. I haven't bothered to go down to Florida for Halloween yet, so most of my decisions have been based off of these colder weather climates. You usually have some sort of Halloween party to go to. There's always the great commute or the great migration. Everybody kind of hops on the train or whatever public transportation, and you all kind of head over to this party, but the people that aren't prepared, they're half naked, they're freezing, and then at the end of the night when you're all liquored up, you leave the party. It's even colder because it's 5 a.m., and that's just terrible. Yeah, it's definitely terrible if you're not prepped for that sort of weather. That's true. Those are novices, Gabe. Yeah, always concern number one. Can I last the night? It's all about survival. Yes. I remember that Riddler costume. I remember you did a lot of research for dyes. Yeah, so one of the biggest pitfalls I had is the version of the Riddler I was attempting to recreate wore a suit. So I went to Goodwill, and I found a white suit because there's no way you're going to get the correct green suit. I ended up finding like a mint green suit, which I thought would be easier to dye, but unfortunately it was all synthetic. So it doesn't take dyes. I had to instead paint it. There's like special fabric paint that you can spray to kind of get it there. It was a lot more pain and effort. I should have spent more time looking for a non-synthetic fabric for that suit. Some lessons learned right there. Yeah, for sure. I thought I was on a time crunch, so I just had to go with what I had. Then I realized I, I couldn't dye it. So the easiest way to dye stuff, you can just put the dye in the washer and dryer and put the fabric in there and it just does it. You got to remember to do the lint trap though. That's a fire hazard. Yeah, you always got to check the lint trap. I tend to clear it out when I'm done with the load and I'll always still then check before I put a new one in. It's a good it doesn't habit. It doesn't hurt to be cautious. Speaking of time though, when do you start? When do you have an idea? How many months in advance? Oh, that's a great question. It's October 9th. Are people too late? Is there still time to go and create your own costume? How, how can our it audience prepare? It is not too late. In fact, I picked out a costume idea over six months ago and then I forgot about it until last night <laughs> and I'm still going to do it. I am thinking this year I'm going to do Woody from Toy Story. Oh, interesting. There's a snake in my boot. That's one of those things. Someone's been poisoning the water hole. <laughs> Conceptually, he's very easy, right? You got to have your boots. You got to have your blue jeans. You have to have that yellow plaid shirt and you got to have your hat. Everything else is kind of a little extra. You can always get a better matching one, get a rope. You could probably do something funky with your eyes to make them a little bit larger and more bug-eyed like <laughs> actual toy is. But for me, the key detail is going to be that hat. Oh, yeah. This is why I came up with it six months ago. I bought a hard hat in the shape of a cowboy hat. Those exist? Yeah, apparently. And I only found this out because a bunch got donated to the ReStore when I was volunteering there. They're like two years old, so they're no longer legal for new and current OSHA standards. But I thought it would make for a great costume because it's rigid. And so it's going to last all night. It's going to uh -huh. stick on my head because it's the hard hat mechanism. So I can shake my head around. It's never going to fly off. It's never going to lose shape. And I can spray paint it. So that's my key detail that's going to sell my costume this year. Well, you learn from your mistakes in the past. And yeah. you're going to not let those mistakes happen again. One thing I want to point out is it seems like a simple costume to be Woody. But I think it's deceiving in the sense that you could easily dress up and try to be Woody. But when people see you, they'll be like, oh, you're a cowboy. That's what you do not want to happen, folks. Correct. Correct. So part of the key details is if I find myself in a little extra time, I'm going to definitely make some sort of fake eye to make it seem more doll-like. Or I obviously have to shave. I can't keep this beard for the costume. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. I don't recall if there's some sort of marking on 
on his chin or if it's like a swirl or something but uh, there's a drawn dimple so i can use makeup to do that so i'm going to do a couple things that people are like why is a cowboy bug-eyed why is a cowboy with this makeup dimple and they'll be like it's not a regular cowboy it's a cartoon or an action figure or something like that and i'll get them going in the right direction it's like uh, a visual 20 questions yeah sometimes other things that can help is if i've had any buddies that want to do buzz lightyear or uh, rex or Potato head you just keep going as more characters the worst part about a group costume is when it's very clear equal effort was not put across all costumes yes i don't care if they're all shitty i don't care if they're all a plus but they all got to be the same grade that's true and i think we should stick on group costumes for a little while because they can be dangerous in the sense of just organization you need someone to manage it you need a leader there's always the chance that someone's like oh i don't care i forgot or oh i changed my mind now like the next day or the day of yes and then all yes. of a sudden this person who's supposed to be your prospector in box cib or wait no sib sealed in box toy story 2 now all of a sudden he is just some random medieval knight from king arthur whatever don't care. Re really gonna mess with the group costume flow a couple things you can do for group costumes is either keep them small like you and i did for our bill and ted's excellent adventure oh costume. true true two-person costume stay in contact with them shop together build them together no way they can't be of the exact same quality it's gonna read right every single time or you have still a, a smaller manageable group and make sure everyone knows if they don't show up they're ruining the costume say you do the mystery game the mystery machine scooby-doo velma shaggy freddy and uh well, who am i missing wilma daphne and velma sorry no no wilma classic group yeah, costume classic, classic group costume and you need everyone there and if everyone knows that the costume fails without everyone there once again everyone's gonna show up and do it that's also it. a great costume because bright colors simple clothing items because it was originally an older cartoon that one's the easy to reproduce it's retro it's nostalgic it hits on a lot of key issues in today's millennial world it also won't break the bank it's all great tips i hope everybody's writing these down there will be a test <laughs> All right, Gabe, that is the sound that lets us know it's time to play Which is Scarier? This is the game that everybody knows how to play. It's very self-explanatory. I'm going to ask you a few questions. You respond by telling me Which is Scarier? Are you ready? I am. A toothless vampire or a witch with a full set of teeth? I'm fine with a vampire without teeth because he can't turn me. A witch with a full set of teeth? That's just a witch. So, witch with a full set of teeth. Definitely scarier. A dragon afraid of fire or a spider with a web made out of candy? Dragon who's afraid of fire. He's still a very large, ornery individual that can take me out. A spider with a web of candy? I can eat my way out. So, dragon who's afraid of fire is still scarier. Toaster or microwave? Toaster, definitely scarier. I'm not afraid of those invisible waves. I don't even believe in them. Toaster getting thrown in the bathtub, much scarier than a microwave getting thrown in the bathtub. Sexy cockroach or ugly butterfly? Sexy cockroach. We already know we can't kill them, so if the relationship ever turns out bad, because obviously we're going to have one that's very sexy, that's going to haunt me forever, man. Dr. Frankenstein doing surgery on that tooth that's been bothering you or your local proctologist setting you up with his daughter? I think the proctologist and daughter because I'm married so it would be a clear violation of bounds. Frankenstein, the guy's a solid doctor. He just wanted to do something special and it didn't turn out right that first time. A centaur with a camel hump or a water buffalo that lives in the desert? I'd be more afraid of the centaur. I think the water buffalo is going to take care of itself. A werewolf in need of a toothpick or a mummy that ran out of toilet paper? I'm more afraid of the werewolf in this case. The mummy without toilet paper I think it's going to unravel itself trying to get the bomb of that mystery. Jelly monsters from space that taste delicious or pizza snackers from the center of the world that 
that are relatively bland. Life beyond the Earth as opposed to undiscovered life in the Earth. Those space jellyfish, much scarier. Jelly monsters. Jelly monsters, my apologies. A zombie without friends or a necromancer with too many friends. Definitely afraid of the necromancer with too many friends. Don't know why those friends are there if not to get turned into more and more zombies. You wake up and your pants are missing, but it's okay because in this reality, that's socially acceptable. Or you fall asleep with pants on and everybody hates you for it. I'm more afraid of the second. I don't want to be hated for a reason I don't comprehend. Also, I typically wake up without pants, so this is all good for me. A bedsheet dropped over a helium-filled balloon or a jack-o'-lantern carved into the shape of your head and then smashed on your front porch. I'm going to go with that pumpkin. That's clear forethought and malice and intent to intimidate, so it's going to work. I'm going to be afraid. Your car breaking down in a car wash, causing you to evolve into an elemental of cleanliness over time, or your plane breaking down over a volcano, causing you to evolve into a spirit of fire instantly. The first one? You're Can't like, ever get everything clean, and that's going to happen over time. I'd rather just start my new life. I don't want to get stuck in the car wash. <laughs> all right, Gabe, that's all the time we have to play. Which is scary. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Ryan. in the morning two Saturdays ago. We both wake up to a lot of beeping. I thought I was the one of them. I was in a dream and I heard the phone start ringing in the dream. I woke up the landline and my parents' beach house was beeping. Then the smoke detector Then the beeping. smoke detector started beeping. That high-pitched one pulse like where you think that it's running low on battery, but really it was just beeping. And it did that a few times. No regular space between any of them. In that room. But actually, it's a new house. And then Owen said, Do you think we have carbon monoxide poisoning? And I said, Do you think it's a ghost? And you were a lot more cheerful about it because I was kind of beginning to freak out. I thought it was a ghost because I've constantly felt presence in that room. But I was pretty chill about it. It's a new house. How many ghosts could there be? So it stopped a few times. We thought it was like, that was it, and like things were good. Things were fairly normal in the house. Then yeah. it started again. Yeah, then the beeping started again. And then we opened the window, and there was all these weird, scary gusts of wind, because it was also a rainy day. So then it got like a little scarier. So I thought maybe somebody had broken into my basement. And then Owen finally got up. I got up and I was a little bit worried. I thought it was kind of that part in the Matrix where before anything bad happened with the agents, a disembodied set of hands clipped the power lines and the phone lines to whatever building the people from the Matrix were in, people they were trying to catch. So I thought maybe somebody had broken into my basement. I made Maddie get up with me to go down and check the basement with me. Somebody was going to get killed. It would be both of us. It would be us together. 
you know, rather than just like one and then, you know, have there be any sort of gap. Then we went downstairs. At this point, though, we realized the power. Something was odd was because there were no lights. His mom has a lot of night lights, like a lot of them. Yeah. And they were all out. The clock on the stove was out. Then we were thinking, yeah, we, now we definitely have to go to the basement because that's where the circuit breaker is. What if somebody's down there? We go to the door, put average force on the door just like, grab the doorknob and bam the doorknob comes off the doorknob broke off the door <laughs> they're like we can't even do anything if we wanted to and at that point his mom called and was like the mayor just called the power's out for the whole time <laughs> <laughs> she so pretty much gave up on the serial killer ghost scenario at that point and moved on with our lives. We had all this ground beef in the fridge and like fresh food that we had just gotten the night before so we had to figure out how we were going to preserve that. So from, that was the real. We went into survival mode. Yeah. Yeah. Quick transition. Yeah. So when you went into survival mode did you take a latrine? Because you still have to go to the bathroom and stuff. We realized the plumbing was okay but sometimes when the power goes out you're supposed to not use the plumbing because electricity runs the septic tank and it can overflow. We don't have a septic tank. And then it shocks your butt. Yeah. yeah. Also, follow-up question, whatever happened to the doorknob? We found out that it was actually not the first time that that had happened, and someone had super glued it on, and that's why it came off so easily. So we just super glued <laughs> it back on. Also, follow-up question, whatever happened to the doorknob? It's actually not the Just a fancy way of saying you get a little. And uh, biscuits just a fancy way of saying cookie. And marmalade is a fancy way of saying jelly. Yeah, which is why I don't like when people ask me the difference between jam and marmalade. The joke is jam and jelly. What's the difference between jam and jelly? I can't jelly my dick up your ass. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> what is the cow go? 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 What is the cow